What should we think when a blind man can see more than anyone else? What should we recognise when someone on the very edge of society names the solutions to all of our problems but nobody's paying attention? And when Jesus asks, what do you want me to do for you? What would our answer be? Hi, and welcome to St Ninian's Church in Stonehouse, from wherever you find yourself today. We're so glad that you could join us. If you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to like and subscribe so that you see all of our videos, or like our page on Facebook, or pop over to our website at saint-ninians-stonehouse.org.uk to find out about what else is happening. And keep watching or listening to the very end to see what's coming up in the next few weeks. Today I'm joined in leading worship by John and Joyce Hamilton. Joyce will lead our prayers later, but for now let's listen as John reads for us. They came to Jericho, and as he and his disciples and the large crowd were leaving Jericho, Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet, but he cried out even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and said, Call him here. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. So throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, My teacher, let me see again. Jesus said to him, Go, your faith hath made thee well. Immediately he regained his sight and followed him on the way. Overlooked and ignored. Literally stuck on the outside, unable to take part, excluded from life. This is the story of Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, a blind man reduced to begging by the road outside the city gate of Jericho. But one thing we know about those who cannot see is that often their sense of hearing is heightened. And it seems that Bartimaeus has heard all about Jesus as he caught fragments of the conversations of the travellers on the road. I wonder what he knew. Had he heard about the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, food for the hungry, or the casting out of evil spirits, ridding people of all that possessed them, or maybe even the healing of the blind man at Bethsaida? If it could happen once, then why could it not happen to him? When Jesus comes along the road, he starts to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the people tell him to shut up. But isn't that just the way of the world? Those who don't fit in are cast aside and kept there by our systems, our fears and our prejudice. The response of those who follow Jesus is to tell the man to pipe down. This isn't for the likes of you. Actually, nothing is for the likes of you, so sit down and be quiet. In case you haven't noticed, Jesus is on the way. Jericho is the last pit stop in a journey that started in Galilee and has wound around the Roman and Gentile parts of the territory. And now Jesus is on the last leg, the long steep climb from Jericho to the place where the journey will end, Jerusalem. Along the way, he's been teaching his disciples, his followers all about a new way of being where the kingdoms of the world will no longer hold sway because people will live differently. But his followers, even the ones closest to him, the twelve who have been with him since the very start, even they don't get it. They just can't understand how such a fundamental transformation is possible. Especially, well, there are so few of them against, well, well against the whole world. 
Just before they set out from Jericho, we hear of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, wanting to be the greatest. They want to be known as Jesus' right and left-hand men. Jesus heard them talking and asked them the question, I think we would all love Jesus to ask us, what do you want me to do for you? Their request is met with an honest answer, that, that's not for me to grant, and anyway, be careful what you wish for. James and John, despite all the teaching, all they've seen, don't understand what's happening. They have no idea where it will all lead. You can see that lack of understanding being played out in the way certain groups of people are blocked from seeing Jesus. They don't want children to come near him. They certainly don't want some ragged blind beggar coming anywhere near Jesus. But Bartimaeus is also someone's son. Family bonds don't extend to those who can't contribute. But even with his blindness, Bartimaeus sees so much more than the so-called followers of Jesus do. And he cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stops. The journey to the cross has been paused as this outsider, this man who was excluded from the community because of his disability, cast aside the least of the least as the one who names Jesus as the Messiah out loud. In fact, at the top of his voice for all to hear. This is a station of the cross. A pause along the way where we take a moment to learn something important about this journey Jesus is on, where it will lead both him and us, and what that means. I've said before that we really need to read these stories together with the ones that surround them. When we pick them out like this, we miss so much. They're crafted together to highlight what following Jesus really means. Remember the rich man who wouldn't give up his possessions to follow Jesus? It'd be harder for him to enter the kingdom of God than for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle. Bartimaeus is his opposite. He's a poor man, the poorest of men, a man who's been let down by the same world that's made the other man rich. But despite that, actually, probably because of it, Bartimaeus leaps to his feet when invited to meet Jesus, throwing off his cloak, the only thing of value he has. And the crowd give him platitudes. Cheer up. He's asking for you. It's unbelievably patronising. Even when Jesus calls for the blind man, the crowd still don't see him as a person. They haven't been listening. And they certainly don't hear the importance of what Bartimaeus has to say. They can't. Just like we still can't see and hear those who are silenced. What do you want me to do for you? There, in the simplest of questions, the whole gospel's revealed. What do you want me to do for you? It's obvious what's wrong with Bartimaeus, isn't it? He's blind. What else could he want? That's the root of all his problems. But Jesus doesn't presume to know what Bartimaeus needs. After all, his blindness doesn't keep him from seeing who Jesus is, even when those around him can't see it. His blindness is just as much a problem for them. They're the ones who can't find a way to include Bartimaeus in their world. Perhaps they're the ones who need to do the changing. And perhaps we're still the same. We still talk about helping the poor and the marginalised, and at the same time we blame people for their own troubles. We talk about ending violence against women, but we ask how short our skirt was. We complain about refugees while Britain manufactures and profits from the bombs and bullets that devastate their homelands. We are the ones who get in the way. We are the ones who silence the voices who need to be heard the most, and we don't even know we're doing it. This week, just a few miles from here, leaders from all around the world will gather at COP26 to wring their hands about climate change. They'll tell us all what we already know, 
that climate change is real and that the window for action is closing rapidly. They'll argue about who's to blame and who should bear the cost of making things better. And we'll probably all shake our heads as we watch reports of their lack of progress on the big TV or on our smartphones and then jump in our cars to make a journey that we could walk in 20 minutes or cycle in 10. We'll eat food imported from all over the world. Too much meat, not enough veg. We'll put down plastic in our gardens because we can't be bothered to cut the grass. And we'll wonder why someone hasn't done something about climate change yet. I wonder if we're just too much like the rich man who was upset because he had lots of possessions. Or maybe we suffer from the same lack of imagination as the disciples. How can one person change anything? The problems are just too big. How can we ever make a difference? I might as well just carry on. And anyway, change is inconvenient. But tell that to the people whose homes are flooded or blown away, whose crops have failed again, or who live in countries where the West, we, have plundered natural resources to make the things that these people can only dream of owning, while they've paid pennies for their labour and we complain about paying too much tax. It was Gandhi who encouraged us to be the change we want to see in the world. He was just repeating what Jesus told us. Love your neighbour. There's a word for how that becomes reality. The word is repent. It means to rethink, to change your mind, to see things differently. It's a word we have misused and misunderstood for generations. For us it's meant say sorry and then go back to doing the same thing again. Reading these stories from Mark's Gospel should cause us to more than pause for a moment. This is a call to a radical new way of living. We wonder why the church is fading away in the West but continues to grow among the poorest communities. It's simple. How can we ever change when, after enslaving a large part of the world, we see ourselves as, as the Hebrew slaves and not as Egypt? How can we ever recognise our part when we see ourselves as Peter at the end of the story and not Judas? Or the woman anointing Jesus and never the complaining Pharisee? Repenting, seeing things in a new way is hard and often painful because it requires that we recognise our part in the story. But at the same time it rips the veneer of lies from the world so that we can never unsee the reality of how the powerful abuse the powerless, how the strong hold down the weak and how the wealthy gain at the expense of the poor. What do you want me to do for you? It's a choice. A question asked of those who are ready to see. Bartimaeus doesn't want to be part of their world. He has bigger goals. They might be able to see, but he's the one who has vision. Open my eyes, he asks, but not so I can join in with their world. Bartimaeus wants to see so he can stand before Jesus and look into the eyes of the Messiah and see a whole new life, a whole new way of being, a kingdom unfolding as God as God is killed on a cross. Seeing it all immediately, Bartimaeus followed Jesus. Will you? Prayer for others and ourselves. Jesus invites us to bring our doubts, our fears, our questions to you, O God, and promises that you will answer them. Hear us now, O God, as we bring them all to you today. Give us patience to wait for your response and humility to accept what you say. Lord, so many people come to us sharing doubts about your very existence. What can we say or do to help them come to believe in you? 
God, so many people and situations in our world threaten to restrict our religious freedoms and our right to worship freely in public. How can we use our voices and actions to help people affected in this way? Lord, so many people are displaced more than ever before in our history, struggling to get a place of safety, a place they can settle and call home. How can we use our gifts and talents to help them? Lord, so many people are facing injustices, often caused by others, which make life miserable and unbearable. How can we find ways to ensure they receive just treatment and answers? Lord, so many people in our world blame you for all that is wrong, all that happens to cause pain and suffering. How can we find ways to help people understand that we have no answers for why things happen, but believe that you are not to blame? Lord, so many people today take your name in vain and use your name to claim victory over others or to control people into behaving how they think people should. How can we help people who have been hurt and damaged by this kind of abuse of your name? Lord, so many people long to know you better. How can we as a church help people come to know you and love you as we do? For all these things we pray in the words you taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, power and the glory forever. Amen.
May the one who created the heavens and the earth, the one whose understanding knows no limits, the one who invites honest questions, inquiring minds and open hearts, bless you in the ongoing adventure of life and faith now and forever. Donate to the local food bank every Sunday from 1pm to 2.30pm at the front door of the church. Boys Brigade, the Anchor Boys, P1 to P3, meet on Wednesdays. They started last week and they meet from 6 till 7pm. The junior section and company sections will start back on Wednesday the 3rd of November. If you know anyone who would like to come or who would like to volunteer, then please contact Stuart. Girls Brigade are finalising their plans to return and details will be available very soon. The Kirk Session will meet in person tomorrow, that's Monday the 25th of October at 7pm in the Church Hall. Face masks will be required for that meeting. Hope Cafe is back every second Thursday and will meet again on Thursday the 4th of November from 10am to 1pm. Anyone who might want to volunteer, please contact Bob Miller. Our craft fair is on Saturday the 6th of November from 10am till 2pm. Tickets will be available from next week or you can pay at the door. Entry includes tea, coffee and biscuits and it's £2.50. Bags for donations of clothes are still available at the door. These will be uplifted on Thursday the 28th of October. That's this week. So if you could drop your bags off at the food bank this afternoon between 1 and 2.30pm, that would be really helpful. Remember that all important information about what's happening at St Ninians over the next few weeks will be on the website at saint-ninians-stonehouse.org.uk or you can find it on our Facebook page at St Ninians Church Stonehouse. Services are still available online as videos and podcasts and links are on the website to all of our services so you can go back and watch them again or listen again. Or you can listen by telephone every week. That's on 01698 Seven five 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 three three. That's zero one six nine eight seven five 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 three three, and that's for the cost of a local call. So if you have local calls included in your package, then it's free to listen to. Finally, to help us with our online services and open up some new possibilities, we have received a grant from Faith and Community Scotland to buy some audio and video gear. We now have a shiny new podcast studio and we'll be getting some cameras and magic boxes that connect them to the internet for filming and live streaming. It's an exciting development and we would like groups in the community to make use of this equipment too. It's perfect for any kind of audio recording, so podcasts, radio shows, projects, oral history, interviews and of course, worship. If you're on the rota to do the readings or the prayers for our online services, then we'll be sorting out recording those after the service for a month in advance. So we'll probably do that next week and we'll start recording our services for November. 
If you want to be on the rota, then please speak to me or to Anne Thompson and we can add your name to the list.